0: The final season of Power Book 2, Ghost, begins. And for Tariq St. Patrick, it's the moment of truth. In the wake of being betrayed, pushed out of the drug game, and almost killed, Tariq is out for revenge. Will he prove to be like his father and do whatever is to be done to protect his family and his future? Or is he his own man? Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now only on Stars
1: and the Stars app. Black Tech Green Money isn't just about telling the stories of successful black entrepreneurs. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them.
2: But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier
1: in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. See yeah, I come from the school of
3: Tupac. I'm around. Here. You don't want to watch. Oh, Hold up. Tes. I want to ask you a question real quick. Let's just keep a real straight shot with no chaser. I'm going to get a little bit rough we? I'm here for it. those who really believe in the American process. All of us. Straight shot, no chaser. With your girl Tesla Figaro on the Black Effect Podcast Network. What's happening, straight shooters? This is your girl Tesla Figaro today. Very important conversation that I've been looking forward to. I met this gentleman through the one and only we know him as Sean Combs, a.k.a. Diddy, a.k.a. Puff. Had an opportunity to meet Corey Jacobs, who is my next guest. We had a very interesting first time conversation that I will get into as we move forward with this interview. But let me first introduce him properly. He's the founder of the Buried Alive Project and senior advisor to the chairman, Sean Combs at Combs Enterprises. At age 30, Corey Jacobs was sentenced to 16 life sentences for federal drug offenses, his first ever felony convictions. On December 19, 2016, Corey received clemency from President Barack Obama after serving over 18 years in prison. I brought Corey to the show today and asked him to grace our presence to talk about a number of different things. We won't be able to get into it all because there's so much uh, that we could talk about his life. One, how he got into the game, how he got his time, how he got out, what he's doing now with his life after life movement. So there's only so much that we can cover. So brace yourself now as we begin to go on the Corey Jacobs journey. And when we met for the very first time, we had a, I don't know if you want to call it a back and forth <laughs> But we had a very strong <laughs> a very strong conversation and I said, Hold up. I said, put your Tims on so we can really have this conversation. And ever since then we've just been tight. That's the homie. Corey Jacobs. Welcome to the show. What's going on? Let's go. Let's go.
2: Yes, yes. Um when when me and Tesla and how would I say we um Bump, bumped heads, oh, if you yeah, would say, yeah, right. you know, kind of. Right. Right. That's right. A it's nice like, similar like the- when <laughs> me and Puff first met, you know, we met on the football field. I was a wide receiver. He was a defensive back. Mm-hmm. And um, we bumped head on the football field. And at the end of the day, we had a fight. But we have been best friends ever since. Right. So I looked at the same thing, like with you, like you're very strong will. You're very knowledgeable. And so am I. And, then you know, after that bumping of heads, you know, we kind of like got a mutual respect for each other, which I think might, you know, end in a, a long lasting friendship. I'm sure of it.
3: Yeah, I appreciate that. You know, that that says a lot, you know, and, and before we get into your story, I just want you to tap in on that a little bit, because I find that when strong people meet other strong people, it's almost, you know, it's like a breath of fresh air. No one is looking for a pushover or someone that doesn't, you know, sh- that that doesn't stand on what they believe when meeting you. And you being pretty much Puff's, I would say, right hand or one of his mm-hmm. closest advisor, not even right. just advisor, but a longtime friend, a yeah, trusted friend, a right. trusted friend. And right. by us meeting in that way, a lot of people, just being honest, and I'm not saying this to big up myself, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, you know, stating facts. A lot of people would have been intimidated to share their opinion because we're talking about puff. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. And
3: anybody uh you know what <clears mean? throat> and anybody associ- associated with him is, you know, one and the same in a sense. Right. But I felt and 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 just so the listeners know we were talking about, you know, politics and in, in different political positions in, in the uh 2020 election. And I felt so strongly in my positions that it didn't matter if it was puff, you Whoever Jay Z, I mean, you name it, the top of the caliber, you know, mm-hmm, whoever mm-hmm. it was, we have to to be firm in, in what we believe. And I, I tell people this all the time because they say, you know, hey, you go to Fox News if you speak truth, they may not invite you back. And I tell people all the time, I have to speak my truth, and I have to speak it as if I never ever get another opportunity to speak. And so I appreciate you. I'm saying this because I appreciate you for welcoming me. And to a very small, intimate group of folks, uh, to appreciate my opinion and to respect uh, me as a woman and as someone that believed in what they believed in and didn't just necessarily fold because I was around, you know, the greatest and that we've some of the greatest that we've had in hip hop. Let's just be honest about it. You know, Puff is the Motown of hip hop, is how I see it. And so I could have easily just went along, you know, go mm-hmm. along to get along. But I I appreciate you respecting that about me and looking at that as a strength opposed to a weakness. And I'm saying that, Corey, because a lot of women may not have opportunities. I've always been around dudes. I'm, right, I'm right, one right. of the haunt me. Everybody know I, I, I'm worse. Sometimes I'm worse than men as far as my strength is concerned. And I'm saying that, Corey, because I want women to know people, but particularly women, that, just because, you know, you're around someone that's a billionaire, respected or, and Puff can be intimidating. I mean, he is even on zoom. He's still Puff. You feel like you're, you right, know, right, you're in the right, studio. Right. He, he's, he's extra with it. And I, and he's somebody I looked up to. I have more respect for him than I do the average politician. You couldn't tell me I wasn't a part of bad boy. You can tell me I wasn't little Kim. So I do. I appreciate that Corey, because you could have easily just went back and said, you know, she talked too much or she's too strong or she's too this, let's move on without her. And instead you respected that. Yeah. And I want people to know that authenticity matters. Can you yes. speak just a little bit to that yeah, to yeah, bless yeah, our yeah. sisters no, who may be intimidated no, to stand, on, they, stand on, they,
2: on two feet? No, 100%. I think one of the things that I do bring to the table, you know, being that, you know, um, we've known each other since we was kids is the fact that I'm going to speak the truth, right? I don't think, you know, I think it does us a disservice to have people in a camp or people around who are fearing You know, say what's on their mind. We can't win like that. Right. So when you got on the phone and you was like, yo, look, this is what it is. And then I got into you know something that I felt passionate about. And you know, you pushed back. I said, you pushed back more, Corey Jacobs? I said, hold on. I said, hold on. We started boxing. And he was like, yo, it is what it is. That's what it is. Smack, smack, smack. You know, and I'm like, yo, check this out, man. You know, you know, she must not know me. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know. And, and I loved that it. it was a breath of fresh air. I, we need that on the team. You know, you was on the call because you added value, your expertise, your experience, and 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 your no holds barred attitude. You know, and approach, right? So you called me back, what I felt was like really interesting, and what strengthened our bond. You called me back to see if I was okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, Yo. You know these niggas is soft out here. You know what I'm saying? Like niggas is soft out here. I got mad to put my arm around him. You know what I'm saying? Like you <laughs> I mean, that's fuck, man. I don't want the, I don't want him like you know like having a sucker attack. You know what I'm saying? And like going back like Yo, I ain't feeling honey like that. You know what I'm saying? No, I was like I love her. I love her. Yeah, we got on the phone. We got on the phone. There was no egos involved. You know, mutual respect, and we had an hour long conversation right about everything. And it was like, oh, oh, I I have my Tim's on. Like, I have my Tim's on in a minute. You know, I'm on the fifth (laughs) floor. Everything I put on it, I don't want it too heavy. I want everything sleek and light. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm back. You know what I'm saying? I used to wear Tim's (laughs) in the summer, you know. You know, when I was going to trial, one of the main points the prosecutor made was kind of like, was very impactful in the jury, you know, and and they was like, and he come in with his crew that had on camouflage and, and Timberland boots in the summertime. And the jury was yeah. like, ooh. They was like, boots <laughs> in the summer? They was like, what kind of animals are these guys? You know what I'm saying? But that just was part of the culture, right? You know, that was part of the culture. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, it was, a, it was a mutual respect. We always tap in. You know, you, you send some of your clips to the chat. You know, what you're doing on Fox News, I always give you the fist up. And, you know, and, and we sidebar. And, you know, and I think it's important to go on Fox News because who else is going to do it? Who has the information? These people got to hear another perspective on what's going on. And every single time you nail it and you nail it your way, you know, authentically, what's authentic to you. And that's what I respect. You don't care who's on it. The white people, whatever, they come with their opinion and you slapping them around every time they jump out there. And that's what I'm talking about. You ain't slapping me around. But you, you, was, you, was close you had me like, oh, man, I was on the heels a little bit. I had to like jump back on my, I said, who is this? I said, she like, you know, I used to be on the calls like, yo, know, ain't nobody gangster. Like, really, like, it's very right. corporate. I was like, yo, hold on, I'm in confidence somewhere. Like, I'm like, all right, I'm going back to the 90s. I said, okay, we back. <laughs> we back in the 90s. I don't know who you are it ain't that's see, right. I seen it in a minute. You know, I said I was a little, yeah. I was a little stunned. You know, that's how you, you catch somebody with the jab. You know, and they jump out there yeah. you them with the jab, and you're like, "Oh, he's trying to quick." You know what I'm saying? I gotta put my hands yes. up.
3: You know, you know. Man, that's hilarious because mm-hmm. that's exactly what it was. it was. Like, hold up, nigga, let's go back to 1992. that, yo, I'm so with
2: that. But you know, when you're like not yeah. used to seeing it, and like you know, I'm not saying I dumb it down though, but I pay attention. Not to be, you know, that aggressive in, like, how I deliver something. Not how I would do in the joint. Like, in the joint, they need it hard. Like, yo, when you say no, you can't be like, no, I I don't think so. You got to be like, nah, no. And then look at them hard. They be like, oh, he means no. Okay. You know, if you do that out (laughs) here, they might be like, oh, he just came back from prison. Like, you know, they might get the wrong perception of me, right? I'm very laid back. I'm super grateful for the opportunity to be back out here and to like fulfill my potential and to have been through everything I've been through in a journey, man, and just be able to come out, and live my life after life. And it's a beautiful thing, you know,
3: it is. I appreciate it. man. It's it, not to spend too much time on this, but it was, it truly was a Kendrick spirit because, I was the only female on a lot of those calls, yeah. and so you know, I'm thinking I'm in the studio, only female in my crew. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm little Kim ready. I'm yes. like, no, I'm, I'm a whole my own yes. and be myself. Yes. And so I'm so grateful to you and Pub mm-hmm. and everybody, you know, that was just a part of the team right. of at least just welcoming my pain because I, I want people to know that because I, I see a uh, you know a lot of comments, negative, positive, mm-hmm. whatever, and and I just feel it's it's my responsibility just so people know how gracious puff is yeah. you know mm-hmm. to me but literally you was you
2: know you was pulled in right for, for that mm-hmm. reason because you're a killer right it wasn't like he knew before you got on the call before you know um the collaboration came in that like you was coming in to kill kill people mm-hmm. in the camp who was not seeing shit right to advise him as well you know, on, on, on various things that you know and, and 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 inform him, you know, to things he might not be aware of. And he trusted, you know, your judgment. So I definitely think that, you know, we appreciate man, you for that. That's
3: amazing. Just to let you man, know I what's happening behind you. the scenes. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, man. I appreciate that. That means a lot because again, he didn't have to you know uh there's a lot of different people he could associate with and i just appreciate it i just appreciate the the respect and the mutual love and i'm, I'm grateful always so thank you Corey, for saying that and it's always nice when you got somebody on the phone about that biz remember because we was talking i said I, I know your whole story man we ain't gotta i, said, I already know i already know your type you're talking to one of the homegirls yeah, so yeah. let's have a real conversation on how you want to but story. some so, people but i'm
2: gonna say like you know the type, and like you said, you might have thought I was some Harlem or you might have, nothing, there's nothing wrong with yeah. it, but it's just like, you can make assumptions. Like, you know, the person I am today isn't the person I was. And, you know, and, and right. so it is like, I've learned a lot in 18 years of doing time. And um, I lived in LA for six years and things of that nature. So I'm just not like the regular, you're not what you expect. Like he's from New York. This is it. He's talking to Slick. No, it's like, I've been through a lot. Yeah. I have a lot of respect for different cultures. I mixed it up with cats all over the United States and, and like 30 out of the 50 states. So, you know, I'm a little different, you know, when it comes to that because of my journey and where I've been in the trenches.
3: And let's talk about that because let's get straight into it. You know, I, I heard you say a moment ago, you know, I'm not who I was. And I hear a lot of that from a lot of my homies that did time, you know, and these are friends of mine. that just had a show on a, a couple of weeks ago. I was telling you about one of my homies that did, you know, 15, 16 years and, and I want people in the, the social justice space, the political space, like I know what you mean when you say I'm not who I was before. But I think it's really important that those characteristics of standing on principle, on standing on who you are, you know, on your name meaning something and, you know, doing the time and and. And being able to do what a lot of these cornballs just can't do. Right. I want to make sure that people know that even though you have you've grown wiser and you make different decisions, there's some good qualities of shit that I got from niggas in the streets that allow me to be able to do what I'm doing today. Because had those G's not invested time in me, had they not spent time, you know, shaping me on who I am today, I wouldn't be who I am today. So it's real important that I say to the community of those who like to look down on people who are in prison or look before that. Yeah. Although there's been some change, I'm looking for the gangsters. I'm looking for that, that mindset of structure and, and loyalty and, and, and an attitude of, Hey, I'm a risk it all if need be. Because if we take that same mentality from the streets and put it in politics, you guys are the only ones equipped to deal with a Donald Trump yeah. If that's just the reality. These corn balls, and no disrespect to the corn balls in the squares, because again, we need them to do what they do. But your personality is the only personality that is equipped with a mindset of, what I always say, pushing the line. Pushing no matter what. Standing firm. Not giving a fuck on who's on the side of you, who's behind you, who's in front. It's all about moving forward, push the line. So I always want to highlight that to say that I'm glad that you've grown wiser. But just know that your skill set is appreciated. And it's how we move this thing forward. So let's start there with, you know, and we can go, like I said, a series of these conversations because right. we certainly won't be able to cover it all. You you were sentenced to uh, 16 life sentences, 16 life sentences. Yeah. How the hell does that happen? Somebody that's never known anything about that because you only got one life to live. So how is it that somebody can get sentenced 16 times for life?
2: Yeah, Yeah, I think one for me, kind of how, like you said earlier, like it's like, they kind of know who the go-harders are, right, and how you're pushing the fearlessness to go out and just try to make your way in the world. And that's kind of where I was at. And um, you get 16 life sentences because, because of the way the law was set up at the time, right? At that particular time, he was getting a hun- 100 to 1 ratio for the crack cocaine, right? So if you had one key of crack, one key of crack they made it 100 keys right? Opposed to if it was some Coke, it'd be one-to-one. So for me, they didn't have any evidence at all on me, right? I had got out the game. It was two years. I had, I had realized like I had my mind was stronger than that. I had other ways that I could get money besides selling drugs. And when I realized that, I just went cold turkey, got out the game and started just, you know, getting into the culture of hip hop, monetizing the culture and using my leadership skills, losing my marketing ability, you know, to to use it in another way. Right. That wouldn't land me in prison or dead. All right. That wasn't good enough for them. When they seen that I was on the trajectory of going up and what I was doing, you know, ability to empower people, to lead the masses, you know, they they came with with an indictment that charged me with conspiracy. Now, they didn't have a single gram of drugs. They had no violence in the case. They had no pictures. They had no voice calls, no sales, no anything, right? So they had to compile this case by putting the most they could put on me so that it just looked like I'm just such this craziest drug dealer ever, ever born in order to get a conviction, right? Because if you bring me in the courtroom and, you, and you're and you charging me with 16 life sentences. You're like, yo, this motherfucker was eating people or something. He was murdering people. He, they, they, they're believing that it has to be something more. Even my kids, when I was going in, they're like, there's no way. They did something more than just whatever, you know, they're saying he did or whatever he's saying he did. Right. So they take these, they take the counts, which should have been one conspiracy count for hustling, for getting money. Right. And they separate it and then break it up into different counts. Like life for this day, I sold somebody five keys, which it wasn't five keys because somebody came in and lied. The day that they said this, the day that they said that, the day that they said this. Right. And they add all of that up right? And at the end of the day, it only took a key and a half of crack to get you a life sentence. So they, the people come in, they start the telling, right? You read the threshold of a key and a half, which they have no drugs, and then you get life for every count, right? So um, basically, the, the concept for them is they, it's like if you put, you got spitballs, you got a hundred spitballs, you just start throwing them at the wall. Their concept that if we just keep throwing these life sentences at them, eventually some will stick and 16 stuck. And they try to give me like 25 life sentences. But 16 of them stuck and maybe, you know, nine of them didn't pass through. Right. So that was the obstacle that I had to overcome. A nonviolent drug offender in their first time offense, left the game. And I I had to go in to assist in the most violent prison, really, in the federal system and figure my way out of there. Try to crack that code to freedom with that enormous burden on, on my shoulders.
3: And this is why, folks, you know, again, go back and listen. It's your first time listening. Go back and listen to the many, many shows that I've done. And prior to this, my advocacy on the ninety four crime bill and mandatory minimums, and why I pushed so hard for this, because the folks that I saw lose their life, you know, behind this, uh, I, I just don't think Corey that people really get it. You know, a lot of these cats were older than me five, seven, ten years older than me because I was always running with people older than me, and I saw right, you right. know what that meant. to to get that type of time and I don't think people really grasp it. I was uh, listening to a recent interview. Uh, Sister Soldier was, she came out with a book uh, and she was doing the follow-up to The Coldest Winner Ever and Charlemagne Mm -hmm. asked her or or somebody on the show, Breakfast Club asked her what took her so long to come out and she said that the character was sentenced to 15 years and she said she wanted people to feel that and I thought that was deep. I never heard you know, and Arthur say that, but she said, "I be that yeah, authentic to their right." Because she said to the story, yeah, to the yeah. story, she said, "I didn't want to just come out two years from now or three years from now." She said, "I really wanted the hood to miss her, to know what it meant for somebody to to do that type of time." And I thought that was just—I mean, it just blew my mind because I know what it means to see right. somebody fifteen years later, ten years later, seventeen years later. But a lot of people don't, and I thought that was powerful. In fact, I think that's the most powerful thing that she can do when marketing that book. So tell us. And one
2: second, one second. That was the first book I read when I got to prison. When I barked on my reading journey, which is over two thousand books in the course of my time wow. there. So I'm a shout out to Sister Soldier, you know, for writing that book, right, and and really inspiring me, you know, taking me on that journey. And you know, filling my day up, you know, where I can like utilize my day wisely, right? And I just like dove in the books from there. Like, so that was my first book wow. I read in prison.
3: That's deep. Wow, that is deep. Yes, and and a lot of people yeah. share that story. A lot of people, you know, read her work, and it it really took them. You know, over two thousand books. That's amazing. That's amazing. Just hear you say. And that's the stuff they don't understand what our brothers are doing uh, with their time.
0: The final season of Power Book Two: Ghost is here, and no one's future is safe. After surviving a hit on her life, Monet, played brilliantly by Mary J. Blige, has to reckon with what led her to almost lose everything and to atone for the life she has forced her children to live. And on the other side of the coin, Davis, portrayed by the multi-talented method man, is suspended and on the verge of losing his law license. Desperate to survive, he fully embraces the criminal underbelly of his enterprise and finds himself working for both sides, loyal to whichever one benefits him most. And then, of course, there's Tariq who finds himself at rock bottom and facing threats from every angle. With his future in the game in serious doubt, and his family's safety on the line, will he lean into the St. Patrick name and do whatever has to be done to get back on top? Like father, like son. Power Book 2, Ghosts, the final season. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app.
4: In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events. Like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that can become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more. Connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T, connecting changes everything. Limited time offer. Requires 0% APR, 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details.
3: So, a little bit on doing that type of time. You read 2,000 books. You just mentioned you had to figure out how to get yourself out that situation. Can you tell us a little bit about that journey and how it landed you to clemency?
2: Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like I knew, right, that the government, you know, they classify you, right? They are always watching you. So you have Corey Jacobs, right? And Corey Jacobs is in there, and Corey Jacobs has a mind, and Corey Jacobs could come out and do great things, you know. And so that's why you're imprisoning this being. That's just one of the things, just to stifle our potential, right? Locked away, throw the key, away the key. Right. So while I was in prison, I knew that um I had to show them another side of Corey, which was very difficult. Right. So when as soon as I got in prison, I started programming. And people will always ask me, like, Yo, why is you programming? You have life. Now because now we have to do the propaganda, you know what I'm saying, to go against the propaganda they're putting against us. And I only in a way that I knew at the end of the day, After looking at the laws, looking at, you know, the ambiguous nature of the law, you know, and how they play all of these games, you know, that I had to present an image of Corey Jacobs other than what they was presenting. Right. And I went on that journey from the day one that I went in there. That was a very difficult journey because I was, what it is, is that they try to trap you because for me, it was my first time in prison and I'm at the most violent prison in the entire federal system, right, which is called Pollock Louisiana USP, right, it's a, it's a maximum security prison, and they called it Bloody Pollock, right. So when I got in there, you know, in the middle of me, like you know, doing classes, I created programs while I was in there. I was trying to do everything to show that I'm an incarceration asset. You have to deal with the the, the violence that's in that's that's going on in the population. You know, so well how, how I looked at it, I just try to always stay goal conscious on what the goal was, which was freedom and anything that went against freedom wasn't a part of, of, of that goal. Right. So, like, basically, basically, because it's so much.
3: Yeah. And I'm glad you paused right there because I want to you said something very powerful. I was over here writing notes. You went in with the mindset to get out. I think that is so powerful. You know, a a lot of people go in, you know, at least it takes them a couple of years to kind of adjust or they go in like, fuck it, I'm a fight. I'm gonna do whatever. I got to I got 10 years. I got 15 years. I'll deal with that when I get closer to my date because they can't see that date. You know, it's not realistic to them to get out. So I thought that was powerful that you went in with the mindset to get out, even though life sentences are typically, I mean, they're, they're designed to be life sentences. Right. So my question was, is how do you have the mindset going in with the idea to get out? In other words, you couldn't predict you would get yeah, right, right. You didn't know that those right. things would happen. You didn't know what kept you grounded. I mean, I'm sure you got tested like everybody, you know, that due time. Oh, I'm yeah, sure yeah. you, you oh, weren't yeah, yeah. You know, perfect.
2: multiple knife fights and everything like <laughs> yeah. that, because at the end of the day, you have to survive. It doesn't matter if I end up in a box, you know what I'm saying? You know, I'm not letting nobody put me a box in there. So it's, it, it's like a catch-22. It's like if I when I have to stab somebody to protect my well-being, right? I know that's putting me farther away from freedom because now you take a person that was a nonviolent individual and now they put you in these situations. They put these people together, knowing how people are classified and then they get you to do these things that you know you can't help but to do and then that puts you further, you know, buries you even further into your sentence, right? So if I had a chance to get out you know what I'm saying? After I done stabbed a couple of people and they put that on my, on my record and they start classifying me as a dangerous person, they like, yes, we got him, We got him, We got him to jump out there, Corey Jacobs. You would never see, you know, daylight ever again, right? But I still, even after that, I still didn't believe that because what was the motivation was like, I always believed I had a higher calling on my life. You know what I'm saying? I always believe my grandmother always used to tell me, like, Corey, that you're special. You're one of God's favorites and you're going to do something amazing. And, you know, and I always look to my grandmother, even to this day she passed away right before I got out. And, you know, my slogan is like, we did it, grandma. You know what I mean? And it's like part of it was, you know, her spirit staying with me throughout the journey. Right. You know what she taught me or she sacrificed to take her only grandson in when her mother you know, when his mother or her daughter wasn't handling her responsibilities, you know, at the end of the day, I was upset because I feel like I knew my heart. Right. I knew my hand didn't call for spending the rest of my life in prison. So the b- journey I was embarking on was to not let these people win. And and another part of it, I went to program because I knew it was important that, you know, That whatever you engage in, right, is going to feed you, right? So, if I'm programming and I'm doing a lot of positive stuff, or do I have to deal with the negativity that's in my surroundings, you know what I'm saying? It's going to help balance me out, right? So, I never not program, And at the end of it, I had over 100 programs, you know, under my belt with four or five residential programs. And, you know, when my lawyers seen it, they was like, we never seen nobody that programmed this much. And that ended up being a deciding factor. One of the deciding factors for, for them to not just be able to be like, this guy, you know, attempted to better himself, even when he didn't have to, from the day one, he got in prison all the way. But when I got out, I was in a program. You know what I'm saying? So I had to look at the long game, right? It wasn't a short game. And I think that's where a lot of people mess up. A lot of people come in there and like, oh, they, they did this on my case. Oh, they didn't have no drugs. And they harper on that, right? They harper on the fact that they don't, they don't care about that you know. at the end of the day. And then you get burnt out because you get you you're hurt because, you, you know, you have action. You have your know, appeals. You're supposed to win and you don't win. That's the one thing I will always say. Keep your helmet on, right? Because people put emotion in, and it'll be like, okay, yo, I got these people. They shouldn't have did that. They wasn't going to do that. But I always knew that, you know, never, you know, never over. I say keep your helmet on, because if you don't keep your helmet on, and you have an accident, you're going to bust your head. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to be prepared to just keep fighting. So even when I put emotion in, I was hopeful, but I was always ready to get back you know, and, and start fighting some more because I know they just wasn't going to give it to me. You know what I'm saying? So I love to learn. That was the one thing that helped me. I dove into books. I, lo- I love to learn. I love to better myself. So I think that actually helped me in the journey because I was always growing. And I knew that what they was trying to do, in my opinion, was wash us up. They were trying to wash me up. Right. So I said, when I get out, because I'm going to get out one day, I don't want to be a, a shadow of my old self. Right. I don't want to because it would be useless to do 18 years and then come out and I can't add no value nowhere. Right. I, I'm not that guy. You know what I'm saying? I'm great. You know what I'm saying? And, and, you know, and I felt like I went in there. There was a reason I went in there because there wasn't many people that can like, you know, really handle that situation as far as in, you know, in my surroundings and then come out better. And then and come out and add value and, and contribute to the legacy that was started, right? So, so I always had that in my mind. I'm like, I'm gonna get out, right? I'm a, I'm gonna learn. I'm gonna be a beast, and then I'm gonna come out, you know. And I'm a, and I'm a, and I'm gonna change the narrative of what it looks like for a person to have gone what I went through and get back into society. Because for one, you know, changing the narrative, there's plenty of ways to fight, right? There's plenty of ways to go at it. You have this, the the you have the congressional, you know, filing motions. You have going at the um, Congress, you have, you know, changing of the laws, but then you also have perception. And I think perception is one of the biggest things that allow these people to do what they're doing to us. You know what I'm saying? How they look at us, how they demonize the black man, you know what I'm saying, the way that they do, so that you don't even care that I got 16 life sentences and I got three kids and they're out here without a daddy where I could come out maybe in five or six or ten years and be in their life and, and teach them the things that you know, about the mistakes that I made and, and help them, you know, you know, grow which adds to society. Which that rips away from the fabric of family, which I feel is one of you know one of the goals, right? One of the goals put you in a prison way out from where you're from, so people can't visit you. Charge you three dollars and fifty cent a call when phone calls are free. You have internet calls, everything. Charge you five cent a call. I mean, for emails and charge you enormous amounts of money for, for food and and you know that breaks the most individuals. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That breaks mm-hmm. most individuals and it hurts people. You know, it, it hurts you to be out down there. And stripped of everything, not even a way to make any money for yourself, right? And, and so your the system support is,
3: system, mm-hmm. and it, it hurts the yeah, support system yeah, yeah. as well. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you know, I have like for me, like you know, if you you know, a lot of people just feel like, like, yo, we're gonna never see Corey again. We're not gonna see him again. How are we gonna see him? It's the government. You know what I'm saying? So people just live on their lives. You call them, you know, you did so much for so many people, and you and you start to see, you learn so much about friendship. We learn, you learn so much about loyalty. You learn so much about yourself, right? You learn about who you valued as friends, who you put your energy into, who you put your faith in, and then everything becomes clear. Mm-hmm. It's clear now. Who you oh, that was my friend because we hit chicks together. Oh, oh, it's because, oh, I, I used to do this. And I, you know, anytime he called me, I would do this and I'll pass you a few dollars and, I, and I'm pushing the movement, I'm doing X, Y, Z. Oh, but you was never, I called you my brother. But you was really never my brother. You was just like, you know, you was just using me for what you could use me for. And when you no longer was useful, you know, you went on and found another friend, right? So mm-hmm. so those, uh, coming to those understandings, that's what it's about. That's when you say about, you come and you want to talk to individuals that, you know, that are OGs and different things. It's these lessons that can get passed along, right, to people that are of value, right? How do, and people, we're in a pandemic, right? How do I do 18 years? three years in solitary confinement and keep my mind intact. What do you do? What are your methods? What are your tactics? What are your tools in your toolbox? You know, how did you meditate? How did you come across meditation? And how did that help you? How do I go about it? You know, for me, it's easy to be in a pandemic. It's a catwalk. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, we in there getting no hugs. I got a guy in the, going to the bathroom in the room with me. You know, it's light out. We're going to our cell at nine o'clock. And it's still sunny out, and you the doors are locked, and you know people are out there driving in the drop top, hugging their wives, and you know picking their kids up from school. That's that's torturous. You know, that's to go over with for year after year after year. So it's all about how you look at things, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? As bad as it was, I never tried to focus on those things. The people that wasn't there for me that I was there for, I never focused on that. You know, um, um, I, I looked at. You, although my situation was what it was, I knew that there was people starving somewhere, you know, in third world countries, right? That I was eating. I wasn't the best food that I was eating. But you know what? I am eating, right? And I have an opportunity. I didn't do anything so drastic that I don't have an opportunity at freedom, right? I knew in my heart. Some people know. You know what you did. You know, you know that you went and did something. You can lie to people. You can say, ah, oh, I ain't do nothing. No, but the day you did that, that nobody knows right? The universe knows. And if you believe in God, God knows, right? So so for me, I knew in my heart, I never did anything to die in prison. And I, I rocked with that. And I said that my last breath, you know what I'm saying, that I'm going to get out of here. I don't know how I'm going to get out of here. I don't see no light at the end of the tunnel. As a matter of fact, I didn't even see a tunnel. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't even a tunnel to look down. <laughs> yeah. I don't care if it's a tunnel. I'm going to make a tunnel and then there's going to be some light. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? And, and yeah. that was my approach I figured if I go in there, I'd be myself. I never changed who I was. And I always tried to impact people in a positive way everywhere I went. I always made time for people. I always passed on wisdom. I always passed on information and knowledge. And I, and I always promoted unity, right? And I, so I, I did that. And, and a lot of times I did that when I was in the streets. And, I, and although you don't always get, you don't get rewarded in life either or in prison for being a good dude. That's the one thing. It took me like five or six years to be like, "Yo, like you know, because that's just the type of guy I am." Then it'd be like, "Oh, if you're t- too good, you know what I'm saying? Oh, we love that, you know what I'm saying? The grimy's like, mm, he's a good dude. I got to, I got to devour you, you know what I'm saying? So one of the one of the biggest things I had to learn was just how to say no, you know what I'm saying? And once I learned how to say no, oh, I love no. Mm-hmm, yeah. i love no yeah. it was like yo see can it call me seeing there yo, see can we do yo can i get a you know what I'm saying for whatever and now you love you like the smoke if you, if you when you stop smoking use the smoking money to get that you know what i'm yeah. saying i'm not speeding your smoking habit no they'd be like oh okay then it'd be my best friend you know if i gave it to him, though you give it to them, you're here, no matter what not nah. no and i mean it and i brought the no out here with me because i feel like that was like one of the like weakness is a kind of, not, not just to be like, no, 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 no. Yeah, no, it's but boundaries,
3: be, having boundaries. Say your
2: boundaries. Yes. You know, say no for things that aren't good for you. Yeah. That's not, you know, that's not beneficial to your well-being. And stand on that. You know what I'm saying? That was something that that I had a hard time doing. I was the only child growing up. And you know, my grandmother I always was very giving. I'd give the I'll bring clothes down for my friends. I do, you know, when I started getting money, I would buy cats, watches, and I'd buy you a car. And, and when I got out the game, I gave away cars. I left the game and just gave everybody everything. And I was like, I just was free. I'm out the game. You know what I'm saying? And that was just the type of guy I was, you know what I'm saying? So I had to adjust. You know, it's an adjustment. You know, you learn, you know, you live and you learn, and I and I and I was tested. On, every kind of way, you know, like you said, with the government, you're coming across and having to go, you know, go to trial and knowing that you could potentially, you know, lose the rest of your life. A lot of cats ain't cut for that. Yeah, you know, no, cats there's no they, doubt. They're not doubt. They're not making them people work, you know what I'm saying? They're not, they're going to get scared. Even the guys who was tough, yeah. they all told, like the tough guys is the ones that really told because they like they, they're selfish, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And they're not they're not taking responsibility for what you did. You know what I'm saying? And that was just is never something because really it's all about the heart. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah,
3: so so let me ask you that because I always tell people this when I'm advocating for drug offenses, first-time nonviolent offenders, that people that I know, most people that I know. It's not that you didn't take responsibility for what you did. The issue was being over-sentenced. The issue was I knew that whatever I did, I didn't deserve to be in prison the rest of my life. Or I knew that whatever I did, I didn't deserve to spend the next 20 or 30 years. So you have taken responsibility. And I just want to make sure that we put that pin in there because you have taken responsibility. Our issue has always been the over-sentencing hundred percent. So, because look, when I go in, right,
2: there was no options. It's either put 20 people in prison or do life. Right. Okay. And if I just said, yo, I did it. I had no problem. Yo, I did that. I did it. Yo, I'm willing to do that. No, there's no reasonable sentence, but life in prison. It wasn't like no lesser sentence for saying I did it. And that's wrong. Right. Right. So, so you have to go all the way. You know say, but said, look, I went all the way. And what happened? I banged out with the people. I used my mind. Right. And I and I was able to figure out a way, you know, what I'm saying to be blessed for the right people to come in my life in order to get back out here. Right. And that's just a beautiful feeling. Like, that's a beautiful feeling to, to, to be able to do that.
3: Yeah. And I just want to make sure the people really understood that, because that's one of the misconceptions. You know, when I'm advocating, oh, they deserve. No, homies ain't saying they didn't that they didn't do nothing wrong what we're saying is there's a big difference when taking somebody's complete life away especially for some shit that you really didn't do your job and catch me with you just this is all based on t- three niggas getting on the stand and right they're cheating. <laughs> right no, no,
2: you're actually you are getting people to come in and lie to get to get the number high to give me the most time knowing they're lying you're going in there giving them the script to tell Knowing they don't even know me, knowing other guys are inflating the numbers so they can get less time. You are breaking the law. You know what I'm saying? As you're breaking the law.
0: The final season of Power Book Two Ghost is here and no one's future is safe. After surviving a hit on her life, Monet, played brilliantly by Mary J. Blige, has to reckon with what led her to almost lose everything and to atone for the life she has forced her children to live. And on the other side of the coin, Davis, portrayed by the multi-talented Method Man, is suspended and on the verge of losing his law license. Desperate to survive, he fully embraces the criminal underbelly of his enterprise and finds himself working for both sides, loyal to whichever one benefits him most. And then, of course, there's Tariq, who finds himself at rock bottom and facing threats from every angle. With his future in the game in serious doubt and his family's safety on the line, will he lean into the St. Patrick name and do whatever has to be done to get back on top? Like father, like son. Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now, only on Stars
4: and the Stars app. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough.
3: Certainly criticized, you know, for not doing more. A lot of homies that was doing time when he was elected really thought, you know, he would uh have the opportunity to uh even out the crack cocaine disparity. A lot of them just misinform how it works, so on and so forth. Yeah. But for you, his presidency, you did get clemency. The day you find out, kind of tell us a little bit about, you know, when you found out, you know, that you were granted clemency and also you mentioned you know your grandmother didn't get a chance to see yeah. that and I I know that's painful yeah. for you and I, and clearly you believe in God so I know that you believe in a in an afterlife so you know that she knows yes. now but tell us a little bit about cuz I definitely want to get into the bear yes, yes, project yes. but I think this is important that people know what that meant for you to finally get clemency and and how that affected you know the the joy of getting out but also the sorrow of you know your grandmother who raised you who didn't get an opportunity to experience
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. My grandmother, she was just such a sweetheart, you know, and like I said, she raised me, you know, put me through school, always had biggest hopes for me. You know, she wrapped her arms around me when, you know, really my mother, like I said, abandoned, you know, her responsibilities, you know. And so right before she passed away, she was just like almost 90 and she just couldn't really, her fire was burning out. You know, she really couldn't um, keep it. She tried to wait for me. But the last thing she said, God always answers my prayers. And I don't know why, he hasn't answered them, you know, but whatever you do, like, do not stop fighting, Corey. Like, you know what I'm saying? You do not stop. Remember, I told you, like, you're great, you know, and you're going to do great things in this world. And I said, I won't, Grandma. And that was like the last time I talked to her, you know what I'm saying? Before, like, the 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 the, the um chaplain came to my door, you know, like two weeks later, and he was like, um, I want to, I have to talk to you, the chaplain, you know, but he was the head of the program. So he wasn't, he said, I'm being, a, I'm in my role as a chaplain right now. And I was like, oh, wow, that's grandma. Mm. He said, yes, it's your grandmother. You know, and that's tough, you know. Mm. So, you know, at the end of the day, right, at the end of the day, you know, that was like more motivation as things got harder as you go into year 15, 16, 17, and things of that nature. So so I had did the clemency run. Brittany, Brittany who's my lawyer, she took my case, and um, we went on this mission to fight for my freedom. And um, it was getting close to the wire and President Obama, um, it was in the final hour, like it was December 19th. I remember it being December 19th on the 16th of December, which was a Friday. I remember seeing President Obama on CNN and he was um, about to go to Hawaii and he and Trump had already won and I still hadn't got clemency. So I, I it was a little fear there, a little bit like, oh, my God, we're getting such to the wire. And um, I knew a list was coming out and um, and I seen him leaning on a podium and he was, like, looking very unpresidential. You know what I'm saying? I was like, he's talking slick. He, he's not, he's, sl- he's slouching down. He's like, oh, I'm out of here. I told you niggas to vote. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I said, oh, and at that moment, I realized we was coming to the final moment, right? And that Friday, it hadn't came out. He went to Hawaii, right, to, to live his best life. And that Monday, that whole weekend, I just couldn't sleep. And I was the guy that when I was in prison, people used to always say, like, I can't believe I go to sleep. That's one thing which kind of preserved me when it, when I'm ready to go to sleep. I'm out. I'm not talking to you. I'm getting my sleep. I'm not looking at the ceiling. I'm not having nightmares about this shit. Nothing. I'm going to sleep. You're not going to take that from me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I, it's Monday morning comes and um, I hear my name being called over the loudspeaker at like 630 in the morning which is unheard of. They never call my name because I have life. You have no reason to talk to me. I didn't stab <laughs> nobody. You know what I'm saying? I ain't yeah. selling nothing. You know, I ain't did nothing. You know what I'm saying? So when they call my name, I'm like, I hear it and I'm balled up in the bed. I get up 530 every morning. This day I was, I was sleeping. I was balled up in the bed. I was like, oh my God, what's going to happen? You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I hear my name, Corey Jacobs, while I'm in the fetal position. And I'm like, oh shit, they call my name. So a buddy of mine ran in a room. He was like a big advocate for me. But every time he see me, he said, yo, you a good dude. See, you're going to get that shit. You're going to get it. Every time he see me, he's always be like, you're going to get it. You're going to get it. And I was like, yo, I say, yeah, no doubt. I always try to keep it humble, you know, prepare myself just in case I didn't get it. And, um, and so he comes. He's like, yo, nigga, get up. Nigga, they call me your name. That's it. I was like, oh, and everything just slowed down, like slow motion. I couldn't even get out the bed. I got out the bed and I had hung my clothes up and I had it pressed because you have to wear browns when you go back there to the administration. You can't wear a sweatsuit. Mm-hmm. So I like, I like started putting my clothes on. And he like, hurry up, nigga. You know what I'm saying? What you doing? Then he called it again. So I put my stuff on. I tucked my shirt in. I, you know, I put my butt in my pants and I fixed my thing. I, I looked in the mirror, you know, like one good time. And then I just walked out of there and he was right by my side and he was moving. He was jumping. Like, like, he was like, I like, like, you know, I'm with you, you know? So as I was leaving my cell, going downstairs, it was like six 30 in the morning. And usually this is like the loudest time because they open the doors. It's just like, you know, animals, you know, you're letting out a cage, you know, basketball was on dudes is betting. And they might be like, yo, LeBron, LeBron, some shit. Like fuck my money up. Da, da, da. It's just mayhem in the unit. Everybody's waiting to go to breakfast. But when I walk out, it was literally not one person talking. Mm-hmm. Literally, it was guys like on the rafters, like on the top of the range on on the bottom. And, and like leaning over the railings and they was looking at me and I was walking by and they was like, yo, they was like, yo, good luck, bro. You're going to get that. they was like, you're going to get that. Some cast was like, you're going to get that hitting their chest. Some yeah. cast is just looking like just looking at you, you know, kind of stoic, not really like you don't really care. They 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 lives might be over. They like fuck that nigga if he get it or not. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But there is
3: but what you're saying is so important. I don't want to interrupt, but I want to put a pen yeah. right there because I, I want to weave these stories together. Again, I'm just mentioning Spud's story who told the same yeah. story. Yes. And he talked yes. about the support system of people saying you used to tell him, man, you're gonna get that book there, you're gonna get that book there. And I think what you're saying is so important. Like there was somebody who did not have freedom. But still had the capacity, capacity, meaning what had the the heart space, heart wasn't so black that he wanted you to have it. And I think uh, the reason why I want to put a pin there is because we don't hear a lot of that, Corey, particularly with black men supporting each other, especially black men in harsh environments. You know, they they show movies where, you know, you see brothers support each other or fight each other in prison. But I think that's so important that somebody saw for you what you didn't see, even though his conditions were not, you know, he didn't get a blessing. And that's so important. No, because absolutely. We have so much hate on each other. And we don't want to support each other. You know, Puff talks a lot about love and brother love. And it's all about love. And I just think that's so important that, that people right. I, I try to get people, a lot of my homies that don't believe in. I don't want to say don't believe in it, but don't practice the the mindset of, you know, life and death being in the tongue or what energy you, you put out, you get back. Yeah, because a lot of people have been so broken and it's hard yes. to keep breaking a vase over and over and over and keep putting it together and keep saying, it's OK, we can put you together. Some people are just broken. And that's so powerful, Corey, to, to that, just to tell that story, to make sure that you included him in that story, in that journey. That somebody was saying, you about to get that shit. And I think that's important because we don't hear enough of that. So you're, you're walking through, you walk out, you're Yeah, walking through.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm walking. No, I walk it I'm walking in. I don't know what's going to happen because you know what was happening at the time, people was going for clemency and they would call you back there because they would have to tell you when you're denied, right? You go back there, they'd be like, you get the call. They'd be like, Yo, you, I'm just want to inform you that you've been denied clemency to have you sign some papers and you'll walk out. So nobody was going in there coming out happy. Dudes is mm-hmm. shooting they shot at the clemency. They was getting called back there and they was coming back with a sad face. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so I don't know what it looked like for somebody to come back with their hands in the air. So although I was hopeful, you know, that I, I was hopeful, I was like, it could be that. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I go in there. I go in. There it was two um, um case managers. They was acting all fidgety. And I'm like, what's going on? I said, did I get it? They was like, oh, we don't know. We don't know. So they opened a room that looked like it'd never be open. It was cobwebs in there. It was like old chairs. And it was this old rotary phone, right? Mm-hmm. And they said, you're going to get a call in two minutes. They sat the phone down. And it made that bling sound. Like, you know how to sound. Diddy, like it's all shaky. It's like an older phone. Yeah. Right? And, and they sat the phone there. And then I sat in the chair. And they said, they're going to get a call in two minutes. So answer it. So I'm like, oh, my God. I bet your heart was truth.
3: pumping. And <laughs> yeah, it was like the craziest
2: <laughs> shit ever. So I'm, I'm on the phone, the phone, I'm staring at the phone for two minutes. It felt like like 15 minutes, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it rings, it rings, and I let it ring two times, and I'm like, almost like, I pick it up gingerly, and I get the phone, I put it to my ear, and I'm like, hello? And um, it was, and it was my lawyer, she was like, hey, Corby. I was like, oh, she sounded a little jubilant, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, yeah. And then the puff was on the phone, he was like, what's up, baby? Oh, I was, man. Like, oh. I was like, oh, shit,
3: oh, shit.
2: So I was like, "Are oh, we winning?" She was like, "We're winning." I said, oh, "I dropped the phone. Like, oh, don't tell me we're winning, you know?" So I, wow. let her, she said, "Yes, we're winning." Um, I just want to let you know that President Obama just granted your clemency. You're gonna, yeah, you're, free.
3: Well, wow. And wow. you know wait what a what minute, we gotta back up just a little bit. I know we're running yeah. on time, but. This yeah. is so powerful, because I can visualize this. I hope people can. Yeah. As you're telling the story, you're talking about the cobwebs. First of all, we got to get you a movie. Tell Puff he got to make that happen, because this is so damn powerful. No, no. I literally like every single day somebody says that. Like, no, Yo, you man, have, have life to. Life you have to, because you're telling
2: the Let's story. Let's start a petition. Yeah. Let's start a petition to get my man you know, yeah. after the Love Album or something. Yeah, we, we, we got... This is a big story. This is a true story. This is a power. This isn't yeah. whatever. We're not making up fake characters. Do a story that's impactful with a hell of a journey yeah. that, that, that tells a real story, and we're still
3: here. It's a victory so I oh. want to go back to just that one part mm-hmm. because Puff is a lifelong friend for you mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I just want you know people to know to hear him on the other line to say that what's up baby I guess it's important because I want people to know that who you see how they see him is really yeah. the inner en- he brings that energy. Through the phone, mm-hmm. and literally, it's it's almost like you yeah. feel like you know you're in the studio. And so when you heard that "What's up, baby?" and you heard, I mean, just oh, we just back. yeah, cause <laughs> I couldn't even cry. <laughs> I couldn't even cry. Yeah, I ain't back. You know what I'm saying? That's all. Like I was you thinking. knew I was in like, his voice that he he brought the yeah. energy that okay, because
2: he wouldn't have got he wouldn't have got on a phone. Yeah, you know, do he would? What would he have to get on a phone for that? For that's not something you know. I got on the phone. We, we put this work in. You know what I'm saying? We stayed true, you know, and, and we got the victory. You know what I'm saying? And and, and, and now it's on. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And now the it's fact on. that he stayed
3: down with his man like that, that, that's something unheard of too. So you hang up the yeah, phone. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's next? Do you drop to your knees? Do you cry? Do you walk no, out? Just, walk us through that. I was like,
2: you know, I, I fought so long. I felt vindicated, right? Because so many people was telling me like, you know, and this is, if I you know, told you the whole story, you'll see that, that, I don't have a chance. You have people who didn't do nothing that got life and and or whatever didn't get no money. You know what I'm saying or whatever and don't have a couple of violent you know you know instances in prison and they still can't get out. What it makes you think you can get out with 16, you know, life levels of this shit that you have to overcome. You know, know what I mean? So I I kept telling people I said it can happen. I was tired of getting on people on the phone and trying to give them my story and tell them what we need to do and that it's possible and, and tell people in prison that was also fighting but was like felt hopeless that that was hurting me you get that get that off me of course we can get back because mm-hmm. I mean if what the power of belief can move mountains you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. you can attract how you think attract the blessings into your life and and the circumstances that you need to order to get where you gotta go if you put your attention in it. I believe that you see. So it was very frustrating to hear. I can't. So when I even puff, he'll tell you when, when the lawyers and the, the original lawyers we had, they was like, yo, yeah, man, he got too big in the prison. He's a leader. He's um. They was lying. Said so I was a gang leader. I was just lying. He was like, and then you have stabbings or violence. He was like, you can't get out. I have to, I have, they making me tell you, Corby. you know what I'm saying? He's like, I have to tell you as my friend, keep it real with you. Mm-hmm. I cursed him out. He even, no, I said, yo, my nigga family, you know what I'm saying? You are the guy that says anything's possible. Yeah, you do not he want to hear. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like can't stop, won't stop. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I had to slap him around a little bit like, yo. And he was like, yo, you know, and then I told him to push. He was like, yo, you know what? You're right. He was like, you're right. We can do whatever we want. What you want
3: me to do? We had to get him back on the square. That's amazing.
2: Yeah, even the government. He was like the feds, the 16-late citizens. I don't know nobody who's being 16 like Like, yo, the best lawyer in the country said, you can't get out. Yeah, Who am I to say? You know what I'm saying? That's what I deal But I got the best. Ben Groffman, this one, that one. The best lawyer saying it. I'm not trying to be the one. You know, so... I did that. He got re energized. You had you know, to, so really-
3: just so people hear that, you had to re hype one of the biggest hype men eat. in hip hop. Like, the there's world, nobody, else hip-hop, yeah. nobody else that hip hop, nobody else that
2: hypes him up a- Because <laughs> yeah. I'm your friend. I'm yeah. 13. I know we can do any. This is what we said when we was little. You yeah. know what I'm saying? That's why we're friends. We're friends because I'm the guy that can do 16 life sentences and get out. Yeah. You're the guy that could go through everything you went through and still be on top. we have the guys you know what i'm saying like so if i can't if i don't have the winning energy if i don't have ability to strength to to fight through that sentence i'm not even puff daddy's man yeah you know what i'm saying they brought us together for a reason right yeah so when i got on the phone just to explain you know why that that feeling came over me it wasn't tears because i hadn't cried till like after i got home at 20 something year 25 years i hadn't even cried Mm-hmm. one time i almost trickled down my grandma cry but i had prepared myself for it like you know when i got there because she told me it was going to happen that the fire was going out so it wasn't like an abrupt thing right so when i was on a phone and we have it recorded you know I, I i was like excited i was i was i was hyped, and i felt like yeah don't tell us what we can't do yeah who are you I'm listening to these people i told you that lady didn't know what she was talking about i told you these cats don't know what we're talking about. we could do whatever we want that's the energy that i had that's the energy that i felt at that moment you know what i'm saying that i kept fighting that i didn't give up and and i got my life back yeah that's what i felt you know what i'm saying
3: yeah and so you take that energy and a lot of people get yes. out and say fuck it i did my time i'm moving on i mean i've heard people say that hey that's I don't they 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 try to just remove that part of their life. They don't want to be affiliated with it. They don't want to associate with it. Mm-hmm. you come out and say, you know what? I was blessed, but I'm not going to forget about everybody else. So you became co-founder right. of the Barred Alive Project. I know yes. we're running on time, but this is so important. And I'm positive everybody's going to listen to this from beginning to end. Tell us why you co-founded that and what is that movement about?
2: Yeah, yeah, the Buried Alive Project, yeah, we co-founded that. Like after I got my clemency, you know, my lawyer Brittany and I, we would say, like, what can we do? You know, and I, I'm and i, and I going to be honest with you, like, like I, I prayed. I said, God, you know my heart, right? If you please give me a second chance, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to be the best. I am going to save people. I'm going to come back and bring people back with me. I'm going to do X, Y, Z. And so just the integrity in me. You know, uh, putting those attentions in the air. I got the blessing, and so now it's like following through on the blessing, right? So it's like, all right, me and Brittany, we was excited. You know, like, well, what are we gonna do? So we um said we was gonna co-found the Buried Alive Project, right? I Always felt like we was buried alive. Brittany, myself, and Sharonda Jones, who was our first client, and you know, basically, you know, um, 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 serving people that are buried alive under these unjust sentences and these drug laws. That's like basically the goal, right? And right now. Um, We're at 60 lives saved, you know, since I've been home, you know, which I'm very proud that We're going to get a lot of our men and women, a lot of the real cast that's left in there that can come out and share their stories and have an impact. You know, I'm extremely excited about that. And that was just something that I felt like was authentic to me. It was authentic to me. I've always been a giver. I've always been. I felt like that was part of my story, a part of my journey. If there was one thing that I can do, it's a fight for freedom, because I know what it feels like to be you know, have a life sentence over your head and, and languish in the dying prison. And as many people as I can help pull out of that so they could come and be a part of their family's lives and share these stories and show and, you know, and show these people a different way and change the narrative that this this means the world to me. Right. So we start at that base, the Buried Alive Project. You now I'm extremely proud, proud of it. Um, And, and I just, you know, and, and, and to get bigger, we just need to get more resources, more lawyers and and we, I'm just so thankful for all of the help for the lawyers, for Brittany and all the different lawyers that came on board and, you know, help fight these cases and, um, and for free, right. Yeah, yeah. You know, for free, having charged, not one person ever. And my lawyer never charged anybody to do their case, you know, and, um,
3: that's so just, important. People don't work. understand that, Corey, like to do this work, you have to I talk about consequences of consciousness all the time. And one of the consequences is you don't make the money that you would if you just stayed in the private sector and you do it. Pri- I tell people all the time I did well in corporate America, this social justice space. I've lost more than I've gained. There's been some blessings, but I've lost more than I gained. So I'm I'm glad you you pointed that out.
2: Yeah. And anybody want to like actually like go check out the story and read an incredible story, uh tear jerker. You know, you, you go to, like, read The Knock at Midnight. That's that's a book that um, my co-founder of The Buried of Life Project wrote. It was, you know, voted the number one book on Amazon in 2020, which is amazing. Um, It's up for NAACP Award. Wow. um And a whole bunch of other stuff, right? It's an amazing book, very well done. And, 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 and it shows, like, the level of fight. You know, that 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 this is, you know, and and, 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 and inequities in the justice system.
3: We need your book next for sure. So, you know, 100 percent. Yeah. You go from getting a life sentence to the Buried Mm -hmm. Alive Project to life after life. That's something you hashtag all the time. As we close, tell the people what life after life means to you and why you hashtag that phrase so much. You have on a life after life shirt. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. As we do this interview and it's a part of your whole swag, your whole, you know, your whole being. And tell the people what that means uh, as we close.
2: You know, for one, for everybody who's overcame something and made it through the other side, something that they probably felt that was imprisoning them, that they felt like, you know, was shackling them down. It could be drug abuse. It could be whatever it is. And you've made it to the other side. For me, life after life is I had life and this is my life after I had life. And I think it's kind of ironic that Biggie had, you know, life after death. Mm -hmm. So this is like an evolution of it, right? Life after life is like me always having an affirmation, right? To, To always be grateful, you know, for the opportunity to be out here. But what the opportunity of freedom is. Right. So if you have life after life as your affirmation, every day that I get up in the morning, every time I eat some food, you know, I feel blessed. Right. When the sun rises and I get up and I'm able to work out and I'm able to, you know, whatever I'm doing, see my kids or travel or go to destinations and, and, and these various things, you know, I'm living my life after life. You know, I'm living my life after life. and and And, and how I look at it, I lost a lot. Obviously, 18 years in prison, six years on the run, all these various things. But what I'm not going to lose is not one more moment mm. of, 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 of this existence that I'm living now. Right. So that although I lost that, I'm going to milk every single millisecond out of the rest of my life. And this is something I probably wouldn't have ever done, you know, had I not gone through this journey, had that type of awareness. So that's where I hacked the system. I hacked the system by appreciating every moment of the day and not taking it for granted.
3: Yeah. Corey, you are a gem. I mean it. I mean, you really, you can touch so many different, I know so many men that got out and complained about things mm-hmm. that, and only you can speak to them. You know, I can yeah, only yeah. say so much, but I didn't do time. Mm-hmm. So only a voice mm-hmm. like yours can say, hey man, why are yeah. you bitching about, you know, you yeah. compl- I remember I, my friend, he was complaining, oh, I got to get on the bus, right? But isn't that better than being locked up? And then when you get a car, you complain about the car, you complain about – just complain, complain, complain. And I could only be a support system, but it's only a voice like yours that can speak to that. You know, it, it's different. It is so many – you know, they always say that the, the closest uh, thing to the solution are the people closest to the problem. And you yes. are close to it, and you lock yes, in yes. with it. And your voice is so, so, so very important, Corey. And I just want to yes. – So we just
2: start going. Uh, I was kind of like transitioning, living, not doing a lot of this, you know, and these type of things and these type of talks because I'm so busy living life and getting shit done. I'm on the get shit done crew. You know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) I ain't really like I get shit done. But the story is something that we shouldn't let go and we should start to, like, amplify. And I'm going to say another thing, like, even at the position that you might look at it, okay, see, advisor to Diddy, different things. And he'll even tell you, like, it's like all the friendship in the world wouldn't, um, wouldn't really matter. Wouldn't put you on all these phone calls, you know, and all of these meetings and and being able to devise and advise in business and personal life. If I hadn't put the, the things inside of me that I can come out and add value. Right. You know, so everybody that's on the call, and you know, you're on a lot of these calls have to be bringing it because yeah. this is a billion dollar company, right? So I always knew it was important. And I say this to a lot of people who are in prison or or whatever they're doing. They think they don't need to like elevate themselves or, you know, if you pre- you prepare yourself and put some stuff in your mind, you can come and bring some added value right out here in society that where it's much needed right now. Yeah. You know, the perspective due to the fact that I haven't been here for, for the 18 years gives me an advantage because you know what, like I'm not jaded. I'm seeing things clearly. I'm not overlooking things, right? You know what I'm saying? So sometimes the answer is right in front of you, but just so in the water of, you know, of what's going on. You're following trends. You're doing this. You know, you're not taking risks. You're not doing whatever. You know, I'm here and I can see things clearly. Like I'm I'm slowed down. I see things clearly. I'm not I'm thinking like a child. You know, my, yeah. my mind is like I'm out here in the world and it's like a child's mind. And there's a lot of advantages to be having that innocence, right. That, you know, so what I really feel like I did, I went in and I was, you know, I was found guilty, but I reclaimed my innocence, right. I reclaimed my innocence in every way imaginable.
3: Wow. This is deep. I knew, I knew I had to have you on, but I'm, I'm telling you, brother, you, you really went there today. I mean, you really did. I, I, I certainly want you to come back, uh, to talk about the time on the run, I want to talk yeah. more about the other things that you do, the management, other yeah, yeah, just yeah, so yeah. that people can follow you. I mean there's so much that we we can talk about. When we talked about yes. getting ready for this interview, you were like, "Where do you want to go?" There's so many different things and yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah, and that's yeah, what yeah, I yeah. want people to see, the multi-layers and the the different dimensions and 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 how um, colorful you are because it really gives people a snapshot of how many of our brothers are locked up that are not you know similar to you, just like you, but so yes. many different pump compo- you know pe- pieces that are similar to you. The scholars that Absolutely. are locked up, the entrepreneurs yes. that are locked up. You know the the mental health advisor. You're talking about mental health. You're talking about scholar. You're talking about theory. You're talking about really. I mean, you're breaking yes, it yes. all down. And, and there's just I mean, I just want people to grasp that. And you have really brought that today, Corey, before we get out of here, where can people find you? And is there anything? Cause I know you work with some artists. I know you do some other little stuff. Is there anything else that people should just know that you got coming Man. out that you want people to support before we close?
2: Well, you know, my Instagram is at Corey S Jacobs on Instagram. My LinkedIn is Corey Jacobs. I mean, I have so many things going on. I, I manage artists. I manage talent. I have different business ventures. I have a consulting company called Corey Jacobs Consulting. You know, I found that, you know, a lot of people reach out to me, you know, for a lot of things. I mean, high performing people at companies like just for the energy, right? What I've noticed, a lot of people, they could kill it for somebody else. But what would happen is they're not killing it for themselves. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, I just we, think the Corey yeah. Jacobs consultant is important. It ain't just about life coach, about that. It's just about adding value, connecting culture with brands. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm definitely a great marketer. I'm a creator and, and I'm a great brand person. So, you know, I think I think that's what add a lot of value. My experience and what I've been through and the times that we're in, that's what I mean about the coaching comes into play because I've been down this road and I've been down at a road that was way more like tragic than what's going on now. People can still go hug their dogs, hug their kids, you know, be in the bed with their wife, although it's hard. Yeah. I just tell everybody like to never give up because I didn't. Yeah,
3: I heard that. I tell people all the time if you if two if, if 2020 if you're just now going through something in shock, you ain't never been through nothing because if you really have to experience what it means to not have a job or not have money or try to figure it out every 30 days. That's what balances me, you know, just having did prison time, but 2020 wasn't my first 2020. I've not, you know, I know what it means to have, live in a pandemic, you know, type situation. I, th- I thought, matter of fact, the pandemic made me look around like, damn, what's wrong with me? Because this is my normal, <laughs> you know, not having a change no, right. for six or seven months. I eight loved months. it. Yeah. I love no, I love it. <laughs> not
2: the back the pandemic and people are hurting. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. Saying? But I also think you see what a lot of people are made have of. Right. Through. And it tests, yeah. it tests you. And sometimes like we need to get tested. Right. You know, we yeah. need to get tested. It makes it makes us stronger. You know what I'm saying, and then a lot of people that I've noticed, like they they've been forced to, they'll you know, take leaps in life, like to change, to pivot, you know, occupations, to go out and do that business that they always wanted to do, but they could not get out the shackles of corporate America. And you know, I think that I think that for a lot of people, they're gonna excel, no different than when Puff got fired from Uptown, right? Yeah. he got fired, which I was there the day he got fired, right? And 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 and, and he could have like laid down, right? But what he went and did. That was a blessing in disguise. It made him greater than he's ever been. So, you know, all the people that's out there that, you know, that's hurting right now, that don't know what to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, there, there's, there's some greatness on the other side. And, and just look at my journey and be inspired by that and see that I had 16 life sentences, did 18 years, and I made it out. And I and I, my heart, I feel good. I feel in shape. I feel amazing and i'm happy that's the that's the key that's the key i'm happy, happy.
3: yeah and i hope folks check out the documentary biggie. yeah, I yeah have the documentary, a story tell.
2: it's crazy it's crazy my and, man yeah yeah, and it,
3: that because it just reminded me of when you said you know and puff had to tell biggie we can do this you know and then you ended up having to tell puff we can do this so the energy yeah, yeah, transfers yeah, 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 yeah. the energy yeah, transfers. No, my man. yeah
2: my man is an incredible inspiration he and he inspired you know so many entrepreneurs, you know, you know, I'm proud to be able to say, you know, that, that that's, that's, that's my guy, you know, and I have that type of relationship, you know, even after this, that says a lot about him. Obviously I think it's like, you know, stuff that they don't know how hard he goes, how extra black he is. He's like black to be black. And they just might look at it as like, you know, obviously the persona and things of that nature, but, but he goes hard. You know what I'm saying? He yeah. goes harder than a lot of people think. And another thing he, He's opening a lot of doors. You know, when we banging out in these boardrooms, you know, it's stuff that people aren't seeing. You know, when you're looking for that, you know, that ownership and that equity and and, and all of the things that are breaking the ceiling, they don't they don't see that fight and how that affects the people that's coming after us. Because at the end of the day, after let's just say it was the spirits industry, you know, if he can't get a fair deal after having eight to ten years of success of exponential growth. Mm-hmm. Right. How do you think other people going to come behind him in the spirits industry and get the proper deals that they deserve? Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I'm saying? So so all of these fighters that's happening, whether it's in fashion, whether it's in music, whether it's in the spirits, you know, whether it's in media with Comcast and, you know, trying to get like, you know, a better deals and more carriage, or, you know, more, you know, uh, getting more households and not be pigeonholed. Right. You know, people got to see that, like the support. Black-owned businesses, whether it's On or these things, don't look at it like that. Look at it. Like I'm supporting this product, this brand. Although there's yeah, some flashiness going on, dudes are living their best life. It helps you to, to, to contribute and, and uh, uh, play a role in this whole push, right? Because it's going to just open more doors. And if we all start thinking about that and we all start getting closer and unifying in that way, you know what I'm saying? We'll be a force to reckon with.
3: Man, you inspire me, Corey. I, I got to end it now. I don't want to end it because I can go on and on. But nah, you nah, inspire nah. Gonna me. Come back. You We're are the epitome. Back. I just want you to know you are the epitome of hip-hop. When we say hip-hop, the, the culture, you know, like what what it means to be street and knowing where you come from and not losing that 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 balance and that foundation, which a lot of people in hip-hop have, understanding your past, but more importantly understanding your future. You know, it was all a dream. You are truly yes, right. that. And I, I want you to know that. And I, I'm blessed by you, brother, today for real. I'm looking at people don't know I'm looking at my producer. She's all emotional. I can tell when she gets, you know, moved by certain things. And I'm I'm telling you, you are a blessing in a gym. And anything I can do, I'm not puff. He got way more resources no, than no. me. But anything no, no, that no, no, I can no. do to to keep pushing the line, I want to thank you for being a comrade with me in the political space. Yeah, 100%. Space and, let's just, saying, and let's keep going. That's it. Let's it, keep going. If there's it, any opportunities and things that I can share the story,
2: I'm more open to it now. I just I feel great. I fully transitioned. I'm, I'm, I, all my business situations is lined up. I have more space, you know, to do a little more, have a more conversation to impact people. And another thing, support the Buried Alive Project. You know what I'm saying? You know, support the people that got their head down. That's not just, talking but doing the work right you know what I'm saying and fighting for these cases fighting for our people and fighting for our people obviously takes resources and resources isn't just money it's people's time and and, and and we're here putting in the time and come on and get with us and, and put some time in with us, you know, for a good cause.
3: Absolutely, and I will certainly continue to do what I can, supporting you on social media always available to you, thank you again for helping me, what I call push the line politics until something happens to bring that same energy to politics to say that we can do this shit we can control our narrative, we can have influence with the black vote, we can know our influence in the community and we can demand that we get something as a result and that's the type of energy that you bring bring not just in this interview but in the boardroom meetings and the because just to be clear, we were never beefing with each other. We were always wanting to push betterment for our people. How do we make sure that black voices are heard? And so I am grateful again to you and your energy and everything you bring, my friend. Thank you for being a blessing. I mean, really, just thank you for being, but your life is a blessing. I hope to see your book one day, no, your movie, yeah, yeah, no, we're all gonna, of that shit. Like, yeah,
2: let's yeah, get it. No, nah, we're going to get all on that. And I appreciate you for being like one of the like few voices. Like, yo, when I hear your voice, I don't hear no other person like you. That's a guaranteed fact. Are there other people that have an impact or speaking their truth and coming with some real talk as far as for what they know? But there's nobody like you.
3: Oh, man, I appreciate that. I don't hope you mind me sharing. When we talk. you said something the first time we talked and it really hit me here. And you said, I don't really t- talk like this to everybody. You said, it's wild. I'm telling you everything. I don't really do that. And I remember, I don't know if you remember, but I told you, I said, that's because, Corey, this is probably the first time you really felt heard. And you was like, wow, yeah. that's deep. And, and so I try to be, I just want to do God's will. And I think it's important, you know, that people know that they can be heard, not just listen to, but your story being heard. And that's why this podcast is so important. Shout out to Charlemagne and God for giving me an opportunity because your stories 100%. are so impactful, you know, and, and people need to hear that, brother. So I thank you for allowing me a chance to listen and more importantly, share. This is just a blessing. Uh, you're just a blessing. No, I mean, listen, I'm truly you know, speechless. When we was on the phone yeah. the first time,
2: we was like, look. We didn't. We couldn't get off the phone. Yeah, you know it's just like, like this. <laughs> this is too real. I gotta. Yeah. I gotta drink this. I gotta drink yeah. all this yeah. stuff. Yeah. I don't know yeah. what this can happen again. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm like that Shit, energy. I,
3: you know. Yeah, it's a blessing. It's just energy. We got the same coffee mug. We got the same <laughs> Yo, that's crazy coffee maker. Same coffee oh, that's maker. Crazy. <laughs> but that that's just dope though. Your energy, I appreciate it. And it just affirms to me why I've been called for this space because I didn't choose it. It wasn't a career. You know, I didn't grow up in this space. I didn't. It truly was a calling. And and Charlemagne calls me the hood whisper. And that's what that means. Being able to you know, hear what maybe other people can't hear and it hopefully open up that door so that they can hear your story and know the value that you bring. So brother, again, thank you. Those who are listening, again, please follow. Uh, Corey Jacobs on Instagram and all of his social medias but more importantly also follow the Buried Alive Project do what you can do donate follow share share the stories even if you're not doing anything but sharing it uh, reposting it uh, on your Instagram or just you know trying to get the message out that really does matter when I say push the line we all push the line in our own way push the line politics until something happens you do have a role. Never, ever give up like our brother Corey said today. Know that there is always a light at the end of the tunnel. And Corey said that even if you can't see the tunnel, build that bitch. We're going to end it on yes, that. We're going to end it on that. Thank you so much, Corey, for joining us. Corey Jacobs, y'all. Corey All right. Jacobs. Love, love, love. You. love. All love. You. love. If you like what you heard on Straight Shot, No Chaser, please subscribe and drop a five-star review and tell a friend. Straight Shot, No Chaser is a production of the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. I'm Tizan Figaro, and I'd like to thank our producer, editor, mixer, the one and only Marcy DePina, our mix master, Dwayne Crawford, and our executive producer, Charlemagne Tha God. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.